If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Swift just replies, you should have done that earlier. Oh. Absolute top class reply. It's disgraceful. Throw the fuck at him. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to Off The Crossbar Podcast with myself, Regan Walsh and Bradley Morris as usual on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. How are you today, Brad? Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We've got plenty to talk about um, on this week's preview show. Obviously, we'll look forward to the FA Cup games a lot later on and the WSL talk. But we've got the team of the years that were announced on Wednesday, so yesterday for us. Um, we've had some midweek games and there's plenty of other stuff. Before we uh, jump in anywhere, before we get onto your big talking point of the last 24 hours, Chelsea versus Leicester City took place on Tuesday afternoon, uh, Tuesday evening. I've forgotten what day it was. And you've got to say, Chelsea are really just biding their time now with Frank Lampard before he gets the sack. It's about as inevitable as a VAR decision going against the Villa. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you just let, allowed me to slip in that Biden pun. I had to get something in there. Oh, I had uh, stuff planned, but you know, reality decided to mess with me. <laughs> um, yeah, so they lost 2-0 to uh, Leicester City. Uh, Wilfred and Didi scoring after six minutes and then James Madison after the 41 minutes. Chelsea just didn't look up. Just I don't know. They were just wrong, weren't they? If you go by the league table, is this surprising? No. It, it, beaten it, by a very good Leicester team who deserve to be where they are. Yeah, it's now uh, a fifth defeat in eight games in the Premier League for Frank Lampard. So it's one of them where it shouldn't actually come as a shock to people anymore that they are performing so badly as they are yes they looked okay at times in like the FA Cup the other week against Morecambe and then one or two games where they picked up a point but they're just not good enough are they and obviously with the issues of overseas shipping right now his sack has been delayed by Roma yes though I think it's one of them that could come within the next few games even not days um I think he's just hanging on by a thread of a needle. Um, the Athletics were seem to be saying uh, after the game yesterday that should they sack Frank Lampard, they would look towards a German-speaking manager. I'm not too sure as to why. So hang on, they're going for the Randy Lerner approach? Yes. So, to explain the Randy Lerner approach, it's, we signed all these French players, but the English manager doesn't know how to do it. How do we get them playing good? French, French manager. <laughs> in comes Remy Gard, was it? That time? It was Remy Gard. And only when I was thinking, oh, hang on. But now the English players are upset because they don't speak English. Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there was obviously the names of Tuchel, Julian Nagelsmann. Um, what would Nagelsmann go to Chelsea? I don't know. There was a good few other names that were mentioned. But I think it is maybe a couple of games left before I think Frank gets the sack. For me, I don't think he's there next season. It's going to be really ridiculous for me if he is there much longer. Credit to Leicester, looking absolutely brilliant in the league. Uh, Now up to our third, they did temporarily go top at the time for uh, 24 hours. Um, But yeah, Brendan Rodgers' eyes are looking really, really good this season. 
two standout players I've got to say in recent weeks have been Wesley Fafana and James Justin. I think them two players have been really good for yes. Leicester recently. Yes. Is that Luton born and bred James Justin? It is. <laughs> got to give the Luton born and bred lad a shout out. Which city? Uh, <laughs> we watched the man live. Incredible talent, and hopefully uh, he may get an England call up in the near future. No, another right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what Gareth Southgate needs is another right back. Can you find uh, that back? Yeah, he can do. And he will do fine then. <laughs> the other game that took place on Tuesday at the London Stadium, I nearly forgot what it was called then. I nearly called it uh, Upton Park, that was their old one. Saw West Ham play host to West Bromwich Albion, and it was the Hammers that ran out 2-1 winners, thanks to a Jared Bowen and Mikel Antonio goal. Uh, Matias Pereira scored for West Brom. The main talking point there was pre-game, where Sam Allardyce uh, announced that there was an agreement in the deal between West Ham and West Brom to not play Robert in this game, which is if it was a loan deal for Snodgrass, I could understand, but it's not. It's a permanent deal, so I don't know why he wasn't able to play. Nothing suspicious in all that at all. Mm. But now they found that there was nothing wrong with it, apparently. Oh, yeah, it's just... I don't know, I don't understand why West Ham would want that sort of thing in their deal. It just doesn't make sense, and or why West Brom would agree to it. It just, for me, makes no sense at all. Because, I mean, there, there was say that if they didn't agree that, then he would have only, like, completed his move yesterday rather than a couple of weeks before the game. So, yeah, that's where we are with that situation. And then on Wednesday, there was midweek games. Which early games saw Manchester City play Aston Villa at the Etihad, and it was City that won 2-0 thanks to a Bernardo Silva goal and Elkay Gundogan goal. Uh, from the penalty spot. A lot happened in that game, especially around the Bernardo Silva goal, so I'll let you crack on with your rant. So this is the thing, because I vented to you on Messenger last night saying, this whole podcast is just going to be one hour long rant. Yeah. In our own way, but since that, I feel I've actually achieved enlightenment. Do explain. In a piece... Sometimes it's required for moments yeah. like this. And I can officially announce that I am well and truly broken. <laughs> I I could shout, I can scream for this, but I'm not going to. Wow. We're just going to go through this in a calm manner. Mm-hmm. So, it's offside. We all yeah. know this. So obvious. But the officials have clearly defined that Mings has deliberately played the ball. Yep. Even though he clearly did not have it under control. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain your thoughts towards that bit? Or? I mean, for me, like you said, he's not atten- intentionally trying to do a movement of, like, right, control it and then look to a teammate or to find a teammate and pass it down. And by the time it's come down off him... Rodri's then come back from his offside position and put in a tackle on him. And I just think that's immediately the flag should be raised because he's come back off an, from an offside position and he was offside in the whole build-up when the ball was played over towards him in the initial build-up. Yeah. And for, for me, the, I, I, just, I, I can understand your frustration because... I don't understand how that can be not seen as offside. I mean, in the moment, I wasn't thinking, hang on, wasn't he just, like, down the other end of the pitch? In my in that moment, I'm thinking, Tyrone, you idiot, why didn't you just hit it away? Yeah. So it's another example of him being too casual in a game, which is which is just making more fans turn on him. Mm. When he had actually had a really good game. Yeah. Away from this, it's go on the game itself just for a bit. Okay. Go for the rest of it afterwards. The game itself, Man City deserved that completely. Yeah. No, it was the most entertaining yet nerve-shredding ninety minutes of my life. <laughs> it shows how much Villa have improved, though, because a year or two ago, you would say, "Oh, Man City would absolutely thump you, destroy you the, the whole game." I believe and... the six-one was a year ago. Or December. Eight. I feel like it was. 
Because it was right before the, the League Cup final. Yes, it was. I do actually now seem to remember that. Yes, Al, you said that. So it was roughly a year or so ago to the date. Enthralling match throughout the whole 90 minutes and definitely a squeaky bum time moment throughout the whole game. Yeah, we had, we had a chance as well. We practically gave it our all on three days training after not being able to do anything for three weeks. Yeah, so I mean, that was Aston Villa's first team's first game since the start of 2021, uh, which I think Man United did this New Year's Day, yeah. So that was their first game in 20 days, which is incredible feat for them, considering they've had little to no training, as you said, three days due to COVID spread at the uh, club. So massive credit to Dean Smith's side there. And now do we credit Dean Smith ourselves? Yes. <laughs> because this man was sent off just stupidly. Not on Dean Smith's part, but of officials. So you obviously will have seen by now his comment towards the fourth official, David Coop. Yep, I have done indeed. Did you get your balls for Christmas? <laughs> Oh, there's two things on that. Firstly, Dino, I love you. Incredible quote. Might go down as quote of the season. And second, it couldn't have been more spot on. Yeah. And now to the man known as John Moss. So in his post-match comments, Mm -hmm. talks about the whole incident, said he never swore somehow. And said, and John Moss has come over to him after he's said the greatest quote of the season saying mm-hmm. I'm interpreting the laws of the game and Smith the despicable bastard I tried not to swear then why did I do it <laughs> Smith just replies you should have done that earlier oh absolute top class reply it's disgraceful throw the book <laughs> at him yes and John Moss uh, says thin skinned as he is he sends him off Incredible. Any more for any more on that game? Oh, or? there's so much more. I, I have. I could go on for a while with this because now I want to turn my attention to Peter Moulton, the ex-referee who works for BT Sport. Why is it's that a, the right Moulton, The BT Sports referee expert. I mean, he hasn't been in the game for years. He can't this be classed man, as an expert. This man decided to turn to Boris Johnson and do a complete U-turn. Oh, was he? In the game itself, after the incident, he says, well, I don't know how that hasn't been pulled back for offside here. Mm. So that's obviously sent us on to a frenzy. Oh, we've been screwed over again. Yeah. And literally, swear, half an hour later, so someone's obviously been on the phone. Uh, Peter, you can't be seen to be going against another official. You know the rules. So half an hour later, he's... Come on, and has said that he didn't know the rule during the match, and then he's had to look up, and it turns out he was onside. Jesus, that is a quicker U-turn than anything Boris Johnson has done in recent history. But it's even worse than that because this is Peter Wall. Right? His known rep is that he's just said to be wrong by fans whenever he comes in with his opinion, which is why everyone hates. The... Let's go to Peter Walson, shall we? Yeah. This is the one time. He disagrees with the on-field decision, and it turns out, by the letter of the law, that it's actually the right one. Mm, it's crazy. It is. I also want to go on to another thing that you'll be, you'll be all over this one. Mm-hmm. Because BT's pundits are only a nice chat on this as well. So... When you want to hear an opinion on this as a defender in that situation, do you want to hear from ex-midfielder and former Birmingham City midfielder Robbie Savage? I never want to hear from Robbie Savage ever. Mm, that's good because I'm sure you would want to hear from one of the best defenders in Premier League history in Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. So who's the one who gets to talk about this more? I'm going to say Savage. It felt like he was. I mean, Rayo made a 
good point of it because yeah, Ming should be clearing the ball as we've said it. Yeah, Ming clears it. The whole situation doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Robbie Savage like, well, by the law, you read the, it's read the rule underneath, and it's the exact same scenario. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. I don't know if you'd seen it, that I'd retweeted because Dermot McGallagher's been on Sky this morning. He's not the ref chats or whatever it is. And there's a massive loophole in this law. I don't, mm. I don't give a shit what it's called. <laughs> He's on it talking about there's loopholes in this rule. And, you know, he got outdone. Yes, not on a stream, wherever it was, or a different station. Outdone. By Michael Owen. Jesus, that must be embarrassing. The, the video, I've retweeted the video. That's on mm-hmm. my Twitter, at Brad Morris underscore 96. Michael Owen just completely outdoes the argument. Incredible. Rant over? Because there was another game uh, on Wednesday night, by the way. Who gives a fuck? Me and the rest of the public. The rest of the public hates that Man U are now top of the league again. Uh, it gives us something different to talk about for once, rather than Aston Villa for the last 10 minutes or so. Actually, I can, well, not I can be, we're at my final thoughts in this. So, in conclusion, we found that goal hanging is now okay mm-hmm. because what's to stop a defender now, just or not, not a defender, a forward standing behind the defender in an offside position, hoping that he makes a mistake and he can just nod the ball at him. Yeah. And oh, shout out to Specsavers for their tweets. Does anyone have John Moss's number? <laughs> Again, top tweet. Now you may talk about your top of the table team. Right. Thank you. So, 10 minute rant over at Aston Villa. That's not the last time we talked about them this weekend. I hold you personally responsible. <laughs> <laughs> you should have stopped. Uh, so the, no, it's fine. Uh, so, the second game on Wednesday evening saw Manchester United travel down to Craven Cottage to take on Fulham. And it was the host that took an early lead thanks to an Adamola Luckman goal, which was quite surprising. I don't think anyone was expecting United to concede that early against Fulham. I know I certainly wasn't. And then uh, United did get... Do you, want to, do you want to know my instant reaction when I saw them score? What? When are United going to wake us? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting Fulham to hold on for the game, realistically. And it took 15, 16 minutes for United to equalise thanks to an Edison Cavani goal. He's looking really well settled into this squad now bringing that bit of experience and then 20 minutes into the second half sorry let's do the quick maths there uh paul pogba scored an absolute worldy of a goal it was uh, to seal the three points seal the three points while he got in the social silence and then um, back to the top of the table heading into this fa cup weekend what a goal that was Absolutely it was great. it was the it was the turns he was doing before he had the shot yeah it was surrounded by two two of them and he's got away and then obviously left foot 25 yards out can't complain about that I think everyone after Cavani's goal went in I think everyone expected United to go on and win that I think he was surprised that it was close for as long as it was in the early bits of the second half but I think once that Pogba goal went in I think United were always going to win there though Fulham did have their chances but United were very resolute at the back. Right, so that's all the midweek midweek games wrapped up, unless I've missed anything. Now on to... Have you missed, have I missed anything? <laughs> no, I'm hoping you haven't, because I can't quite have to go back to it. So, um, on Wednesday morning, UEFA announced the fans team of the year for both the men and the women's for uh, last season's uh, Champions League competitions. So the men's team is as follows. Manuel Neuer in goal, defence of Alfonso Davis, Virgil van Dijk, Sergio Ramos and Joshua Kimmich. Midfield three of Kevin De Bruyne, Lionel Messi and Thiago Alcantara. And a forward three of Neymar Jr., Cristiano Ronaldo and Robert Lewandowski. So goalkeeper Neuer got no problem with. Davis, van Dijk and Kimmich again got no problems with them being in there. Sergio Ramos, I have no idea how on earth he's got in that team at all. Because he can score very good penalties. I mean, that's about it. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Thiago, 
I can understand had great tournaments for their clubs respectively. Lionel Messi, I've he's only got there on name merit, same as Cristiano Ronaldo, because like we said a few weeks ago when these were these were the nominees were announced, um, they both had really poor tournaments mm. for themselves, and their clubs didn't have a good tournament at mm. all. And that was why I guessed they were going to be in there because name merit. Oh yeah, that's the only reason them two have got in there. If it was based on actual, I feel like Ronaldo has deserved it more than Messi. No, uh, uh, from, la- from la- if we if it was on last season's Champions League alone, I don't think either of them merited getting in that tournament. I think their uh, team, sorry, it, they were both awful. Uh, Neymar for what he did with uh, PSG and getting them to a final was. Yeah, undoubtedly no problem with him getting in there. And then uh, Robert Lewandowski in there for Bayern Munich. I think that had to happen. But I mean, just looking at that, that's only five Bayern Munich players in that team. A team that went, didn't they go unbeaten in the whole tournament? Don't like it. Yeah, so I just don't understand that. I mean, when we did ours, I put, I think, nine players in. I think it was only De Bruyne and Erling Haaland that weren't from uh, Bayern Munich in mind. I think you maybe had two or three other players that weren't from uh, Bayern Munich. But like you said, Messi and Ronaldo got there on merit and that alone rather than their performances. Uh, And then the women's team was announced. So... In goal, you had Sarah Bahadi of Lyon, Lucy Bronze at right back of Lyon and now Manchester City, uh, Kadisha Buchanan of Lyon, Wendy Renard of Lyon, Magdalena Eriksson of Chelsea, Amadine Henry of Lyon, Kira Hamarui of Barcelona, Sarah Bjork uh, Gunners of Lyon, Delphine Cascarino of Lyon, Daniela van der Donk of Arsenal, and Penilla Harder of Chelsea. Would you like to request your 10 minutes of rant time? Not 10 minutes, I can do it in less. Le- oh, right, all the, Leon, all the Leon players in that team, no problem whatsoever. They're, they've won it five times in a row now, I think. Incredible tournament, fully deserved it. Magdalena Erickson for Chelsea, again, great season for Chelsea, not just in the Champions League, but in all competitions. She was definitely one of the standout defenders. Kira Hamrawi, I think there can be question marks over her because Barcelona really didn't have that good of a tournament, but she would probably would have been the standout player in that uh, Barcelona team. Daniela van der Donk, again, very question marks for even her standards. She didn't have the best of Champions League actions for Arsenal, and I think she would be one of the first to admit that herself. And then Penilla Harder. If I can just say one thing, you would almost say that she's not even the best player at Arsenal. No. And the best player at Arsenal didn't get in it, and she was the top scorer in the fucking competition. How can the top scorer of the Champions League (laughs) not get into the Champions League team of the year? Somebody explain this to me. Viviana Miedemar finished with 10 goals in the Champions League last season, yeah? There was two players, I can't remember, but Panilla Harder wasn't one of them. I think she finished with about eight or nine. And don't get me wrong, Panilla Harder is a phenomenal player, right? And I'm I'm never going to take that away from her. She is incredible. And what she's done with Wolfsburg over the last few years is incredible. But the fact that she got into this team of the year ahead of Viviana Miedemar is crazy. How... If that if the top scorer in the men's game didn't get into it, there'd be an uproar, an absolute yeah. uproar. Like she got voted, uh, Penilla Harder got voted the best forward of that Champions League. I, I just, it's mind-boggling because there was so the other two uh, goal scorers that got ten goals was Berlin Bjorg, uh, Paul Volostatier for Breedbank in Iceland and uh, Emmanuel Ogabavuga, probably pronounce that, um, for FC Minsk uh, currently. Um, so the fact that none of them three got into the team of the year, it just doesn't make sense. Do you feel better now? Like, not really, no. <laughs> I just 
don't understand. Just, like, if that happened in the men's game, there'd be uproar about it, though, wouldn't there? If Lev- say if Lewandowski missed out this season, in this after the incredible year he had, there would have been absolute uproar. There would have been criminal charges brought forward against you, either. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. How, like, in the voting for forward of the season, she finished third. So Penela Har finished on 93 points. Second was a teammate, um, no, sorry, Leon's uh, Delphine Cascarino. Again, no complaints. Cascarino had a great uh, tournament for Leon. And then Miedemar was third best out of the nominations for best forward. And it just... Uh, yes, Arsenal didn't have a good tournament, but you can't blame that on Miedemar. She's done what she can do. She, they lost to PSG in the quarterfinals. I don't know what they're expecting of her to do. Like, what does she need to do to be given the credit that she deserves? Like, Because over here in the WSL, everyone knows she's the GOAT. She scored... She broke the record of um, most WSL goals. I think she got 52 and 50 games at the time, and now has got like 53 and 55 or 54 and 56. I can't remember the record off the top of my head. So she gets the respect in club competition, but it just seems that in Europe, she doesn't seem to get the same respect, which is crazy. Good to have an Arsenal right. now and again, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, it is. It is nice to get something off your chest. Uh, I can definitely. Uh, there's definitely less stress on myself. Um, right, it is the FA Cup weekend, as we said. Round four ties are starting tonight. So yes, a uh, game going on tonight is non-league Chorley playing on against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and then we've got games through the whole weekend until Tuesday evening. So um, just a quick run through the fixtures: Southampton play Arsenal, Barnsley, Norwich, Brighton, Blackpool, Millwall, Bristol City, Sheffield United, Plymouth, Swansea, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, Doncaster, Cheltenham, Man City, Chelsea, Luton, Fulham, Burnley, Brentford, Leicester, Man United, Liverpool, Everton, Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham, Tottenham, and Bournemouth versus Crawley. Um, what are your picks of them games? Well, the obvious one for me would be Charlie and Wolves, which is tonight. Or tomorrow for us. It would be the Friday night. So there's still no previews that yet, so I can't say my Chorley knowledge is any good. But mm. if there's a Premier League team I think they would want to face right now, it's Wolves. If they yeah, want to see chance of getting through. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like we've said the last couple of weeks on uh, other shows, Wolves are really struggling. And you've got to say that they are definitely there for the taking tonight. Uh, so, f- best chance for Chorley to progress into the uh, round five of the tournament, and definitely it would be something phenomenal for them. But I think it's one of them where Wolves will win it, even as bad as they have been. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see Chorley get through and there being an FA Cup upset, but I just don't see it happening. Just the, the best way to define round four, you know, round, round three, it's the greatest weekend. In the English football calendar, trademark it for you. For you. Trademark. Mm-hmm. Round four is like, you know, there's just this one person in the friendship group, and they say something, and just like, oh, just shut up. Or why did you say that for? <laughs> round four comes in. Hi guys. Oh, for... yeah. That's it's round four. Them. The effect of. Yeah. Round yeah, three is welcomed in by the social group. Come on. <laughs> round four is 2020. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. It's, it's not the most interesting. It's really a boring weekend. Uh, it depends on the pictures and the none of the barely any this year that are standouts. Yeah. Couldn't care less about Man United ball right now when there's no crowd in it. Yeah. I mean, we literally had it a week ago. So I don't want to... Uh, what do we need to see again for? And we know they're going to be up this weekend. Hoping up. Oh, it's Man U versus Liverpool. The North West battle. There it is. And they're going to rest all the players and it's going to be nothing. I mean, the only thing probably to look forward to from a Man United fan point is that we might see the debut of uh, Ahmed Diallo 
the young 18-year-old that they signed from Atalanta. Um, yeah, and Danny van der Beek will play. <laughs> I was going to say, knowing Liverpool, they'll play a four-string because if they're going to play that team against a load of nursery kids, then they're going to play against Man U. Oh, yeah. Is there another game you wanted to look at? So West Man City versus Cheltenham. That is one, but come on. If Cheltenham win that... Pep's a fraud. Pep's a fraud. Um, I don't want to be stupid and say that I'll do something if Cheltenham win, because then... Yeah, don't... Whatever you do, not say if Cheltenham win, I'm going to do this because... I will make you 100% do it, whatever you were thinking of doing, and I don't want you to do anything stupid. Exactly, so for your own health and safety and good, don't do it. Right, Uh, we'll get on to our predictions for that in a bit. Um, This weekend we have some WSL fixtures, or not some, we have a full slate of WSL fixtures to look forward to. Torching wood, obviously, that none of them get called off. Um, So... Weather is of north, oh. and definitely you can expect the yard water no problem, possibly. Yes, um, so Birmingham City were meant to play Everton last night in, or on Wednesday night in one of their catch up games, uh, in Solihull, where it, Birmingham played their games. But it, that was called it was off the water on the pitch, yes, here in Birmingham. Well, we can confirm. And that the weather was absolutely dreadful and has been for the last week. So the games in the WSL this weekend. Saturday, uh, the game is at the Banksy Stadium as Aston Villa play Reading at 12.30. Sunday sees Arsenal play West Ham at 12 o'clock. At the same time at Lee Sports Village, Manchester United welcome Birmingham City. And the two two o'clock kickoff sees Brighton and Albion play Manchester City and Bristol City play Chelsea. And then the final game, is Tottenham play Everton at half past two? Some very good fixtures to look forward to this week. Um, Aston Villa Reading. You bought the, the FA Cup. Check out a women's game. Yep, definitely worth doing. Um, it's free to sign up on the FA Player. All you need to do is have a uh, email account and set a password, and then it's free to watch all the games apart from Tottenham versus Everton if you're in the United Kingdom because that's on BT Sports. Though you can't listen to the audio for it. But uh, the other five games are available to watch on the FA player. Speaking of Chelsea women, they played in the Conti Cup uh, last night against Manchester City and they won 4 2. I'm gonna, yes, 4 2. I know the score uh, after extra time. And there were some absolute screamers uh, scored by Chelsea. Uh, Neve Charles scored one and Sophie Ingle as well scored a cracking goal. So if you haven't seen them, do go online and uh, look up them because they were two excellent goals. There is another Conti Cup game tonight between West Ham United and uh, Durham City. Uh, All tonight for us. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see who joins uh, the other three teams that are in the semi-finals. That is all the women's football talk. Uh, obviously, we'll be back later on in the week, or next week, should I say, not back later on in the week, because this is our last show of the week, but we will be back next week to talk about all of the games that have happened across the games that we've looked forward to. Right. Um, predictions League? Or predictions game? For what fixtures have you decided to choose? Hmm. It's a bit boring. Yeah. Looking for it. So over the first one, let's just have Villa and Newcastle in the Premier League. Uh, Steve Bruce Derby. I'm going to go 2-0. And if Aston Villa. I'm going to go 3-0 to the Villa. No, that was weird. Uh, I literally had, she said three, I had in the rest of the score. Like, yeah. I knew you was going to say that. It was with our connection, like, when... Slow then, so I'll just hear say waiting <laughs> to finish. But, but it, just because I don't really want to preview this. Really, there's only one thing I can say. After Smith Road card, you could say there isn't going to be a Premier League manager in the doghouse on Saturday. Uh, hey. Game two. Yeah. The, the Titans of the South, Brighton and Hove Albion, versus the Titans of the North, Blackpool. 
That is some fucking travel. Oh, my apologies. Fucking hell, that is bloody no, that is travel and a half. Um, two, yeah, one nil Brighton. One nil, Christ. Two now. Next. Chelsea Luton. Why? Hey, if we're going against my team. No, I hate doing. Um... I want to have a little bit of hope in the Mad Hatters and Luton win 2-1. And I will join you in that because they're going to win 2-1 as well. Okay. I thought he was going to say something crazy. What, 2-1? I wanted okay. to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that our three? Are we going to do three European games as well? Uh, I'm looking for it. So I need to see if there is anything... That takes more fancy. I mean, we're not doing three FA, more FA Cup games. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with this one. Okay. So, game four. AC Milan against Atalanta. Um, Interesting matchup. It's got a potential to be an absolute cracker, this one, I think. Um, I'm gonna go with AC Milan to win three one. Two two. On for a Desmond. Game five or whatever. We have not been blessed in the Euro fixtures this week. So he's a battle in league. I don't know where his one team is in the league, but we'll go Monaco and Marseille. Um, it's, uh, I'm gonna go. I don't know whether Arcadius Malik is gonna be able to play because he that his transfer is practically done. We'll explain that in our transfer show that will be out later on today. I'm gonna go Monaco to win one nil. I'm gonna go one all. Mm-hmm. So and finally, the final game, please. Let's go really crazy. So, this game takes place eight forty in the morning. And what time in the morning? Eight forty in the morning. Dan and Dan. in what country? <laughs> Adelaide United in Melbourne victory. I mean. Please never do that accent again because that was awful. And I never, I never, ever, ever want to hear that again. Destroy, mate. Make your prediction. Please shut up. <laughs> um, Adelaide versus Melbourne victory. Uh, I'm going to go Adelaide to win. Three one. Oh, crikey! <laughs> I have no idea who the better team is out of these two. Well, I think my prediction might have helped you out a little bit because I did do a tiny bit of research. See, I go into this with no research. I do this properly. But and by research, I mean I looked at the league position. You can't be doing that. <laughs> This is a rule. <laughs> no, we haven't. What it is now. But from now on, no league table research. So I'll go Adelaide United 2 1. Okay. And I'll, that I'll is. I never did the Australian of... accent again if you promised there was <laughs> <laughs> league table research. Yeah. Um, so heading into this weekend's prediction league, you're on 42 points. I'm on 61. Though I doubt any of us. So we'll get that many in the FA Cup fixtures that we've gone for. So that is the FA Cup stuff talked about. Um, it's now time for Did You See That? Oh, Something weird is going on. See that? 
You would have almost certainly definitely seen the goal scored by the Newport County goalkeeper, Tom King. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, well, I don't know if you'd have seen the update that's been given today. Uh, probably not, no. Yeah. This goal is now officially recognised as a Guinness World Record for the longest goal in a competitive match. Who's it held? What about, how far was Paul Robinson's then? 90, so I think. How far was this one? This has been put down as 105 yards. Jesus. You think about it, you watch it back. He's not on the pitch when he starts running. Yeah, I mean, true. Te- technically, technically, you have to give the assist to Storm Christoph. But <laughs> a massive assist to Storm Christoph there. Yeah, but that's not going to go down in the Guinness World Record, is it? No. Yeah, so... Okay. Uh, Let's go to the one that you've been bragging about this morning. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so it's to do with a person that used to be at your club, Aston Villa. Uh, so the story goes: this is uh, written by Titan Sport Plus, which are a Chinese news company, and they are saying, uh, according to Zhuang Cheng Cable, a listed company in the Shenzhen Stock Exchange published a notice police is authorized to arrest tony shah oh former actual <laughs> controller due to suspected defecation causing damages to the company's interests no yep what? oh jeez <laughs> oh no i told you it would be something interesting to keep an eye out on didn't i oh i've not seen this yeah. This should have been all over the Twitter space, wasn't it? You could have expected it to be, yeah. I did see it come up on mine. I was like, wow. All those years we were saying that he wasn't Young. Turns out he's just as bad. Absolutely uh, crazy, isn't it? Is it funny there was a handcuff emoji? Uh, I don't know if there is. Isn't there like this prison cell emoji? <laughs> yeah, like, there is. Some, there's some sort of emoji like that. You better get used to that one because we're looking at a prison cell for a few years. Definitely. Uh, fraud. You don't understand how loved that guy was when he was the owner. Oh, I do. I do understand how much he and was loved. It just by. came crashing down in the space of a month. Yep. So it does seem like if your club was invested by Chinese owners in recent years, it is bad news. I never want a Chinese ownership ever again. How is it Wolves of all the clubs got it right with Chinese owners? Because they know uh, George Mendes. Yeah. Although I still feel like there's something fishy about that. <laughs> oh yeah, there is incredibly. They're practically Portugal FC. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was my only bit of did you see that? Uh, definitely worth it. Um, so we are now back onto our game, which we have finally came up with a name for, which is uh, guess oh, the no, squad. See, or... Before we get before we get to this, we have the other bits of news that I feel like we need to go over. Which are because I want to go briefly on Real Madrid. Oh yes, so it was Copperdale reaction on Wednesday for Real Madrid, and they played third division side. Uh, I've Sp- the Spanish grade. Shall we do go for this? Yeah. Alcoyano. Spanish juice, is he? Alcoyano. No, you probably said it wrong. Alcoyano. Fucking Alcoyano. Uh, and it was the third division side that went through uh, 2-1 after extra time. So Edan Milatao scored for Real Madrid uh, on the stroke of half-time. And then 10 minutes from full-time, Jose Solbas equalised for the third-tier side. And then in extra time, uh, five minutes into the second half of extra time Ramon Lopez was sent off for a second bookable offence and then five minutes from time Juan Nan scored the winner to knock out Zinedine Zidane's side which is incredible this is the lowest point that both Real Madrid and Barcelona have been at the same time yes 
It's... Isn't there now already talk of sacking Zidane again? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Speaking of Real Madrid and yeah, the man who started their downfall, Cristiano Ronaldo. Dos Santos Aviero. Okay. <laughs> I was just finishing off his full name, Cristiano Ronaldo Dos Santos Aviero. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but he now has the goal scoring record. Of most club goals, is it? I believe is that. Oh, hang on. No, wait. Sorry. Just added my Palais, just added another few hundred goals after playing Fortnite. Yeah, but you say, because he has taken over Czech um, playmaker Joseph Bichan or Bican. And I've seen this uh, within the last 10 minutes. Bleacher Report have put out a thing saying the Czech FA have challenged reports that Ronaldo's 760th goal on Wednesday was a world record. They claim Beacon scored 821 official goals throughout his career. What is this? So you thought the Pele Jake was good, but it turns out the Czech FA have gone one better and saying Beacon scored 821. This is like something like Super Smash Bros. The game is like your baton. Oh, what's this? New challenger. <laughs> it is incredible. Oh God! Well, uh, whether it's a record or not, uh, it's an incredible feat for Cristiano Ronaldo to score that many goals in his illustrious career so far. Definitely, let's get to the game. <laughs> right. So we finally came up with a name with it after three or four attempts. Uh, we've called it. Of genuinely, what have we? Of genuinely, I'll go through been. this. You don't even know the name. You only told me an hour ago. Oh, and you forgot it already. <laughs> I, I, I literally said it well, after that talk about Ronaldo and Real Madrid. It had gone out my head. This, uh, this, this is our alternative game. GCS. Otherwise known as Guess This Squad. Yep. So each time we play this, we both have to select a match from history. And uh, from, so I've picked a match for Brad and he has to guess the players and vice versa we say before we guess we say how many you think we can guess and obviously we have only one chance to get one wrong otherwise uh the next person goes on so what is just, your just bench buyers are allowed yes so what is your game for me as uh you went first last time i believe it's quite easy okay. so remember it was the last episode I talked about how I'd recently watched Take the Ball, Pass the Ball, mm-hmm. the Boss documentary. So I want you to name the team from the point in which I believe Man United's downfall slowly started to begin. Mm-hmm. And that is the 2011 Champions League final. Name the Barcelona 11 and subs. Is that the one at Wembley? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, the one team in history that Sir Alex Ferguson himself says, I just couldn't beat them. How many do I think I can name from that squad? Honestly, you should be naming the whole 11. The whole starting 11 is easy. In my mind. I feel like I could probably do. This is, this is the team that people will go on record and argue that is the greatest club team in history. Hmm. Um, I think I could probably do about eight to ten, maybe. Eight to ten. I say, if you go pussy and name, I can only name four. What you are? No. You okay. The easy route. I'll go with ten. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I if don't you know want to say eight or ten, you're gonna go ten. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go with um, Messi. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Messi. Yes, he's in there, obviously. David Villa. He's in there. Um, Pedro Rodriguez. Okay. Chelsea's Pedro. Um Victor Valdez. It's Paul. Um, PK. Gerard and Lucky Spoke in the World is in there. Abidal. Abidal's in there. Mascherano. A seven. Uh, fuck no. I can't help you. I don't know. I have to know ten of the last one. Uh, Xavi. That is eight. 
Iniesta. And he's nine. One more. You, you haven't. You've named Sterling and everybody. What position have I missed? What position is that? Yeah, yeah I'll help you. So I said Messi, Pedro, Villa, Xavi, Iniesta, Abidal, Mascherano, PK. Did you say Valdez? Yeah, Valdez was, I think, my fourth one. Um, one more. Oh, Danny Elvis, he would have been right back then, wouldn't he? Danny Elvis, did you ask yes? Yeah. Congratulations! Get in. Not a single bench player named there. I'll let you off for this week. So the one player you didn't get was Busquets. Okay, I've just pulled up the squad myself now. Uh, Carlos Puyol. See, I was tossing and turning between him and Mascherano in that defence. Puyol was injured, so he'd only just come back before the game. Yes. Bojan, Ibrahim Afaloy, Thiago Alcantara, Seydou Keita, and Adriano. Not the Adriano, different Adriano. And, uh, oh yeah... It was the backup keeper and Pep was the manager. Messi was just phenomenal all that game though. Actually, this twenty, this the go-to Champions League final. I always remember. It's like you just look at this team. They're not just Barcelona, but Man U as well. Yeah, it's like I the mean, peak of both of those eras. That United team, just a quick run through, was Van der Sar in goal, Evra, Vidic, Ferdinand, Fabio, Valencia, Carrick, Giggs, Park, Rooney, Hernandez. On the bench of Kushak, Smalling, Anderson, Nani, Scholes, Fletcher, and Darwin. Just the peak of both sides. Oh. Dreading this. Dreading this. And <laughs> now I kind of feel sorry for you. I've got to go for the win some way or another. Um, cast your mind, if you will, fans, back to 2002 at St Andrews between Birmingham City. And Aston Villa. It was Monday the 16th of September, if that helps. And the game finished 3-0 to Birmingham City. Name me the Aston Villa players. Bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Kick a man down while he's already at his life. I've had this saved up since the last episode because I thought, oh, I don't think he's going to do well here. Name this whole squad. (laughs) Yep. Oh, and in my mind, I genuinely have like four players. <laughs> okay. Oh, good luck to me. So, get the obvious. Peter Engelman. Ding! Olaf Malberg. Ding! I'm even guessing for me, ain't it? <laughs> 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 2002, right? Gareth Barry. Ding! Hitzelsberger. Did you say Hitzelsberger as in Thomas Hitzelsberger? Thomas Hitzelsberger, Der Hammer. Uh-uh. How? Not in the squad at all. Oh, Jesus. So that's your one wrong. You can't get another one wrong. 2002, it? Right, what was that? JPA. Don't give me clues. Juan Pablo. Yeah, Juan Pablo Angel. That's the only clue I'm giving you. Okay. See, don't disturb you said that because I've had another strike on my mind that. Swedish bloke. No, there's no way. Fuck it, I've it. It's Marcus Allback. Wow, I wasn't expecting. I don't know why I remember it. How did you get all back? Wow, okay. I don't know what he's like. A bit of a cult like striker who didn't do much, but he always names just memorable. Let me go for another one that was a bit in the same all back territory. Is there? God rest his heart. Is Peter Whittingham in this team? No. Right, can I guess no? There was another. Is that Joey Good Johnson? Yes. On you? There's a Good Johnson in there. I wouldn't have had another after that. Okay, so the one she didn't get was All Pay. Oh, All Pay? He was a nutcase, he was. Uh, Stolton. 
which I believe was Steve Staunton. Was it? Still? Yeah. Dela Cruz. Oh my god. This actually feels terrible, Kin- mate. Kinsella. Kinsella. Samuel. Jailoy. And then the two substitutes that came on. The man himself that's got talent and plays the dupe, aka Dion Dublin. Dion Dublin. Wait, I've got another one. I think it's DeRoyce or something. That was the other substitute. Like he was in the England team as well. I'm surprised you didn't get the one sub that wasn't used. Lee Hendry. It's his obvious name when it comes back. And the other two were Postma, which I imagine was your... Stefan Postma, yeah. Yeah, and Moore. Was that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just, uh, it's Stephen a BBC... Or, Stefan or Luke. It's just a BBC report from 2002. It doesn't give you the name. Yeah, the Moore brothers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well done, you actually won one for a change. Get in! I mean, I made it easy for you. <laughs> yeah, and I made that incredibly hard. Okay, do you remember what minute that um, oh, come on. Peter and Coleman situation happened? I can't remember if it was the first goal or the second goal. I don't remember the exact minute, but was it the second goal? It was the second of the three. So, second half. Yeah. I mean, other than the League Cup win, it's still the greatest day in their club's history. Yeah, it was the 77th minute, and what the situation was... They're still selling well, the DVD of it in the club shop. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. So, Olaf Melberg took a throw-in from the left touch yeah. line, and Peter Enkelman shaped up for a routine clearance, but he missed the ball with his kick, allowing it to roll under his foot and into the net. And David Alray, the referee... Allowed it to. Oh yeah, because no wrong with it. Stand. I mean, to this day, that was probably the just... lowest point in terms of our club against them. Mm. Like it's never been that low. Yeah. Incredible that uh, game. I just always remember that in uh, well, situation. The amount of times was... I've seen it on Premier League years yeah. was incredible. September two thousand two. I would have been. Five, six, something like that. I would have been three going on four. Yeah, so I, would, I don't know if it was this game, but I do distinctly remember being at like my uncle's house and my uncle was like proper blue nose. Mm. And I think I went home crying. Not so I, I, I mean, that. That, that same weekend, I'll just give you a quick rundown of the other scores that weekend. So Sunday, Man City drew with 2-2 with Blackburn. Tottenham beat West Ham 3-2. Liverpool just about beat Bolton 3-2. Arsenal put three past Charlton. Chelsea put three past Newcastle. Everton beat Middlesbrough 2-1. Fulham put three past Sunderland. West Brom beat Southampton 1-0. And Leeds United beat Manchester United 1-0 in Rio Ferdinand's return to Elland Road. Because I said that was just before Leeds were like that that Champions League one. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. I think I want to say the Arsenal won that league season. Uh, two or three. I'm going to say it was because it was the Invincibles the year after, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think they did them two years, wasn't it? 02, 03, and 03, 04. Um, but that Man United squad, no Man United won it that year. Arsenal came second. Rude Van Nistel with 25 goals. Yes. Um, so the Man United team on that day against Leeds, Fabian Barthez in goal, John O'Shea, Rio Fernand, Lauren Blanc, Mikel Silvestre, Phil Neville, David Beckham, Nicky Bott, Ryan Giggs, Rude Van Nistelrooy and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Two substitutes that came on. Diego, everyone loves him, the mastermind from Uruguay, Forlan and Luke Chadwick. And then subs not used, uh, Ricardo, the goalkeeper, Pugh and, and uh, Roque was the other substitute which was incredible right that is all we have time for this week this episode i don't think we've, missed anything down. <laughs> we've had a lot of rants and hopefully by still broken but i'll get over it but at this point calm I, down. I refuse to now say well how can it get much worse because it just it can it just proves it every time 
Should we predict that we get screwed over against Newcastle? A penalty that's not a penalty? Yeah, that doesn't feel as horrible as what that was. And Tyra Mings gets sent off, even though it's not a red card. Not the theorists if we lose to Newcastle. Our transfer show will be out later on today as well, where we look at anything happening in the world of transfers and updates on everything else that we talked about earlier on in the week. And we'll be back at the start of next week to review the FA Cup games, uh, the Women's Super League and anything else that happens in and around the world of football. Until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-presenter, Bradley Morris. Private Tony Shaw is fucked. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Enjoy your weekend.